Hey guys, what's going on? Steve Rao here with the Bass Hang, and this is a little uh, bonus podcast. I just had the idea, um, basically, of what if I took some of my videos and took the audio and made them into podcasts, because not everybody can obviously watch a video while they're driving. So just one of those ideas I had, and basically um, I decided to take my uh, weekly series that I've had three seasons of called The Weekly Three, and the whole idea of The Weekly Three is basically literally around three minutes, just turn the camera on and talk about gear, so whatever it is. So um, I've had three, uh, three seasons, and the season that I'm going to feature right now is season one, and I shot this in November of 2013. So some of the gear is a little bit older, but you can actually find the videos um, on thebasehang.com or the Basehang's YouTube channel. But I just wanted to try to take the audio, put it all together, and put all the audio episodes, all the episodes, sorry, together for a podcast. So here it is, man, the Weekly 3 Season 1 of the Basehang's Weekly 3 series, uh, and this was uh, shot over the course, um, like in November of 2013, over a few weeks. So there's eight episodes, and I hope you enjoy it. And uh, yeah, we're just giving it a shot. Okay, hope you enjoy it. Goodbye. segment for the bass hang it's three minutes with the bass hang it's going to be a weekly little uh video uh wrap up on some different gear that i've been uh given to work on or to do some videos on so you've just been hearing this um this chorus pedal by um nux by new x um it is a guitar pedal but i plugged it in and it actually sounds pretty darn good for bass um it is a stereo chorus. Let me grab it here. It's a stereo chorus powered by a 9 volt battery, true bypass. You can see it. There it is. Um, it's really inexpensive, also, which is pretty cool. So, actually, sounds pretty good. I'm messing with it. I'll probably do um, some tracks through Logic Audio, through my Ready and my Apogee duet, and um, still trying to figure it out. The uh, instruction manual is very cryptic. I think they're um, they're overseas, so they literally translate them. So this actually has a um, a lock mode where you can preset a uh, a, a setting or pre-save or save a, a a preset or save a setting. Does that make sense? Um, so I'm still trying to figure out how to do that because in this instruction manual it doesn't make too much sense. So, anyways, that is the chorus core by Nuex. Uh, very cool little pedal. Uh, the other thing I want to talk about that I was uh, I was given some new strings. Some uh, dragon skins by DRs. If you can see those without the glare of the light, um, I have not been a fan of um, coated strings ever, <laughs> and these are actually pretty darn cool. I've decided to try them since they were um, given to me, and actually DR is hooking up, hooking me up with bass strings now, hooking up the uh, the bass hang with bass strings, which is really really nice. Kind of a, a little endorsement thing, so. Thank you, DR. But um, the strings are actually really cool. I um, I put them on this bass. They are a lot um, not as bright. They're like low riders, the DR low riders, which I really like. Um, 
actually feel like they're a little worn in uh, and they have some good life. And the last thing I want to talk about is the NUX Amp Simulator. So this isn't necessarily a bass um, effect, but if you have a, a home recording studio and you're doing some guitar uh, recording direct, this little thing sounds killer direct for any guitar. So I'll put a link up. I actually did a video for this with my friend Eric Johnson playing guitar and we went right through a, um, a Layla sound card into Cubase using this and it sounds pretty amazing. So uh, if I ever get my hands on a six string guitar and I'm going to be doing some direct recording, I'm going to use this. Um, and that's by NewX. It's the AS4 Amp Simulator. So three products. We did the Chorus Core by NewX, the Amp Simulator AS4, and the Dragon Skin by DR Strings. So we'll see you next week. Hey guys, what's going on? Steve Rajo here with the Bass Hang, and this is your weekly three. Uh, I get a lot of questions, um, or a few questions, on uh, equipment that I use to record these videos. And to tell you the truth, I started on a cheap, cheap, inexpensive point-and-shoot, um, and I did a few on that, and I really liked it. So, um, after a while, I kind of graduated, <laughs> moved up to a another point-and-shoot, but um, this one is actually really cool. This is the Canon SX210IS. I'm actually shooting with it right now. Uh, the nice thing about it, it's 14 megapixel, has a great zoom, and it shoots at 1280 by 720 at 30 frames per second. So, it shoots really decent video. Um, some of the downfalls to it though is that I can't control input gain to the microphones, um, to the onboard mics, so if there's anything super loud, I'm going to distort. So if I'm doing a demo of a bass or a guitar or a cabinet, uh, those microphones are not going to be able to handle those that sound pressure level, those SPLs. So that's the, the problem with a lot of these point and shoots and even with video cameras. So you either have to um, mic something up and go through a computer system or a, a recording system uh, and then you can combine a good sound, um, you know, good sound from your performance or whatever you're demoing. So again, uh, the camera is great, uh, the microphone inputs or the microphones on these point and shoots, downfall is the sound pressure level. Once you get too high, you're going to distort. So eventually I moved over to a uh, Canon. Uh, high-def video camera. Uh, this is the Vixia HFS20. High-def camera shoots in a lot of different modes. Um, again, it has an onboard microphone, but with that, um, what happens is when you're zooming, when you're fiddling with stuff, that microphone picks up everything. It's not a very good microphone, uh, even on, on these decent uh, video cameras. So, what I ended up doing was getting this Sennheiser mic. It's a little Sennheiser shotgun mic, which is an incredible sounding, great sounding little room mic, which is awesome. It's a shotgun mic that I, I use it that acts as a room mic. It goes right on the hot shoe and it plugs right into the microphone input. So now anything I'm doing on the camera when I'm shooting is silent. So, and then this is picking up the room. So if I'm doing a demo uh, of a bass or a guitar or something that's going to be, that's going to produce these high sound pressure levels, these high dBs, I can control the input. And um, the nice thing about this camera, you can assign um, this little wheel here, this little jog wheel, which is pretty cool. So while I'm shooting, I can actually really ride this gain and lower it if it starts getting too high. So um, yeah, so this camera was kind of the, uh, the graduation from the camera that I'm shooting with right now. But to tell you the truth, for starters, this camera is great. And I use this camera now, my um, the SX210 Canon, for my second um, video camera. So it's kind of nice. If I need a, a second angle or something, I use this. Um, 
And I use my uh, little uh, handy-dandy Vixia HFS20 for everything else. And the Sennheiser is the MKE400 microphone. So that's my little setup. Uh, just get out there and start shooting. Um, doesn't take much. Just get something inexpensive and see if you like it. And uh, that's about it. So that was the uh, Bass Hangs Weekly 3. And go ahead and ask me any questions, post them, and I'll get back to you uh, as soon as I can. All right, that's it. See ya. It is uh, Steve Araujo here with The Bass Hang, and this is your weekly three. So we're going to talk about a couple of items uh, here, and the first and foremost is a P-Bass, Fender Precision. you got to have one uh, if you're a bassist, a working bassist, for recording, for gigs, for anything. It is a workhorse, and I recommend that everybody get a P-Bass. Um, this is an American-made, old, old 60s-slash-70s P-Bass. Um, but to tell you honestly, you can just go out and get a, a Squire P-Bass, or a uh, you know any other manufacturer GNL makes killer P bases too, and they make them uh, less expensive ones also the uh, American made and the overseas. But anyway, so P base um, will work nine times out of ten for recordings. Um, I use this one for a, I have used it and will continue to use it, uh, and it usually works. So a precision base um, again, go out and get yourself or check out a, a even the Squires are awesome, uh, the Japanese made fenders, but um, a P-Bass, valuable part of your arsenal. Gotta have it. Uh, the other thing I wanna talk about is I've been doing these videos for a company called Nobles. Um, did a couple of videos on their distortion pedals for guitar, the ODR-1 and the ODRS. And in doing so, uh, I was uh, given this pedal to try out, and actually it's for guitar players, but it's a preamp pedal that actually works really, really well for bass. I'm going into this little preamp pedal, into a power amp, and then I'm powering up my cabinet. So I'm gonna start using it on gigs, and um, it's relatively inexpensive too. So that's the Nobles Pre-1, has a bass control, a treble control, and a level. And to me, it sounds pretty killer, and I'm pretty happy with it. So it's an inexpensive little rig. Um, and then the last thing I wanna talk about is a microphone. So this is a large, uh, diaphragm condenser microphone. It is made by MXL and it's the V67. Um, it is cheap, <laughs> inexpensive. 100 bucks uh, will get you this microphone and a lot of times on eBay or you'll see them on sale, you can get a, um, a combo pack of this V67 plus maybe one or two little mics, uh, little um, other, other condenser mics that you can use for miking up instruments. But I've used this on countless recordings on probably almost all the product demos on the bass hang. Uh, I've used this to mic up bass cabinets and I actually used this microphone to mic up the demo that I did for the um, for Nobles and for a couple of other companies too. So anyways, valuable piece of gear that you must have, um, large diaphragm condenser. So again, P-Bass, you gotta get one. Nobles, little preamp pedal, I'll keep um, you know reporting on it, see how it works on gigs. Uh, and the uh, MXL V67, and I'll post this up so you can go check them out, but um, they're really inexpensive and they sound great. So until next time, Steve Araujo, Weekly 3, Bass Hang. Bye.
Hang. This is your weekly three. I'm going to bring you a couple of items here. Um, I got my hands on these great bases by Marco Base. Marco Bases, Marco Cortez. He's building bases uh, out of Oregon. Um, and go to his website. Anyways, I have these bases for a little while. Um, I'm, in, I'm going to do a little bit more of a thorough review on them, but they are incredible. They are, these particular ones are the TFL models. Um, this is a four string that is relict, as you can tell, very angrily relict, but um, make no mistake, it is incredibly well made. Um, it's, it's incredible. Just a great, great uh, sounding and playing bass. He winds his own pickups, uh, and they are 70s spacing, so that's re this bass really emulates a 70s style jazz bass. Um, and here is the five string, which is another incredible instrument. Same thing, 70s jazz bass spacing, um, and it, uh, it, they're his own pickups. And these are two passive basses, so uh, all you're hearing when I play is me going into my amp, and passive just sounds amazing. Uh, the other item I want to talk about, or the other thing I want to talk about, is signal chain going into your recording equipment. Um, I definitely believe having the quickest and cleanest um, signal chain is great for a couple of reasons. For one, you get the best sound of your instrument. For two, you just turn your equipment on and the creative juices will start flowing uh, and you're not messing with gear and turning things on and off. So I try to have a workflow that is easy and easily accessible so I can just turn stuff on and start playing when I get an idea. Um, my number one item is the Ready or Red DI by A Designs. This little box is amazing and just warms up anything I go in, you know, any bass or any instrument that I put into this and go into my rig, it just sounds great. It is a, it is a tube DI, as you can see right there. There's an input. Uh, it takes quarter inch, either tip ring or tip, or the end, two, you know, or tip ring sleeve. Sorry, tip ring or tip ring sleeve. So balanced or unbalanced quarter inch, and it takes an XLR in also. And there's your output. It also has a through which is pretty cool, so you can go into an amp, on and off. Uh, the back here has a ground lift and on and off, and that's about it. Pretty basic. From there, I go into my Apogee Duet, which Apogee has the best analog, digital, digital analog converters, so you're gonna get just the cleanest, most incredible sound. I go into a Mac, so it's all just, it just plugs right in, and it's quick, it's easy, and I can get my ideas down. Um, at the end of this video, uh, you will hear a little bumper, a little recording. The first part of it I recorded with my late 60s P bass. The latter half of it I recorded with this bass going direct. And you'll hear it. It just sounds amazing. So that's your weekly three um, Marco basses. I will do a more thorough review on these basses. And I will be playing, I'll be playing this one quite a bit. Um, the Red DI by A Designs and um, basically just my signal chain. So that's it. Till next week, we'll see you. Goodbye.
Yes. here. First one is the TC Electronics Ditto. It is a little looper pedal, this little thing right here, and a very powerful little pedal. Um, basically has an in, an out, a knob, and one singular little foot switch controller. So uh, with all that you can do multiple loops, multiple layering. I use it for a few different things. I use it to demo effects. So I'll create a loop and then I'll, I'm able to go ahead and put my bass down and mess with the effects um, controls or whatever, a preamp or whatever. So anyways, that's TC Electronics Ditto. Super easy to use. Um, hit it once, you start looping. Hit it again, it'll um, record that loop. Hit it again, you'll overdub. Um, hit it twice, I believe, and you can start layering or taking away the layer and then hit it twice and hold it down to erase everything. So very, very cool little pedal. Uh, all right, so that brings us to our next item. Uh, we had a charity raffle giveaway, and we gave away an iGig gig bag. And this is the bag right here that is going to the lucky recipient. So this is the iGig, I think it's the G315. Yeah, G315 gig bag. So I have a few iGig gig bags. Um, this one happens to be kind of a, a um, I don't want to say watered down, but a, a little uh, more of a, um, a thin constructed gig bag as compared to the 515 or the 525 gig bags. So kind of around town, if you're taking a short flight or whatever, I mean, it's an awesome gig bag. It has all of the features that gig that iGig normally has. I put my big Squire in here. So it has the, um, the Velcro right here. It has the soft little uh, neck pad that is um, kind of one of those form pillow kind of material. You can slide it up and down for whatever base you have. And again, as you can see, if it's a big full body, this is my five string bass, my five string jazz bass. Um, it has a huge, huge pocket for storage, as you can see. So again, that is the G315, and this is going to uh, its lucky recipient. Recipient. So this was a um, one of the uh, giveaways that we had. Here's the back. So just a great bag. The um, the ones that I use. This is the. 525, the G525, 
So kind of the same idea as that, but very much more, I would definitely say this one is going to be more durable. And I have flown with this one and the G515, and my bases have been totally fine. Big old, uh, you know, um, compartment right here uh, for wallet or whatever business cards and then you have a big compartment here also for your cables your strap and again uh, still constructed the same on the inside all bags are they have that form-fitted little pillow that is movable up and down plus a um, little strap for your neck so uh, again I'm a huge advocate for the iGig gig bags and I will put a, um, a link up to my review of the 515 and the 525 but again this little 515 is awesome Great little travel gig bag. Um, again, I think it is definitely not as sturdy or as thick um, or as form. Um, uh, you know, it doesn't have that form that the 515 and the 525 have, but it's still going to be a great gig bag for for anybody for uh, any instrument. So, and it definitely will fit four string, five string, 35 inch scale, anything. So, uh, that's it for your weekly three with the bass hang, and uh, I will see you next week. Take it easy. Hey guys, Steve Rall here with the Bass Hang, and uh, this is this week's Weekly 3. I'm going to talk about a couple of items. Um, first off, I'm really impressed with these Marco Basses. Um, this is the 5-string uh, TFL. Um, it's basically a, a very um, hyped-up uh, 70s jazz bass, a modern version is what I mean by hyped-up, a very modern version of a 70s jazz bass. It does have 70s pickup spacing. The white one that I had uh, played on last week's uh, Weekly 3 is the one that I'm actually keeping. That's my bass. Um, and this bass, uh, if I didn't have a nice five-string already, would probably be mine. But th these are amazing basses. Marco basses. Check them out. The other items, item or items that I want to talk about, um, basically at, last, uh, at the last bass hang, Jay from Groove Gear actually gave me a set of these, uh, this little trial set of fret wraps. And they're actually very, very cool. I am not the type of player that uses these. Um, I'm more of a just traditional, old-school bass player, but they are actually very, very cool for one of the players that was using them was Norm Stockton, and the other player was Stuart McKinsey. Um, those type of guys play bass lines and tunes that require um, string muting. Um, what I mean by that is they're playing... that they do it a lot better I am just uh, kind of an infant at that um, but it helps to actually mute because you can see right now I moved it onto the fretboard and it just kills the string so I can be playing Not to say that 
I'm an advocate for having this to take place of you practicing muting strings because that is very important. So, um, you know, first and foremost, learn how to play the bass without these and then use it to enhance your playing. I think they're really awesome, especially if you're playing, um, like, uh, what is it, Bach cello, the cello suite. <laughs> Again, don't substitute it for um, an easy way out. Practice without it, I think, and learn how to mute your strings correctly uh, without it, and then use it to enhance your playing. So other than that, that's the fret, um, the groove gear fret wrap. And the third thing I want to talk about is Bass Player Live coming up this weekend, whatever this weekend is. I don't have it written down. The weekly three are just kind of off the cuff. But I'm going to be there both days. I'm going to be hanging out, uh, playing some equipment. Whoops playing some equipment, playing with um, some new gear, some new cabinets, whatever, and hanging out with uh, some good friends of mine and um, actually meeting some new people and new faces. So please let me know if you're going to be there. Um, let me know either on the Facebook Bass Hang page or on YouTube or whatever, and we can go ahead and meet up, and uh, it'll be awesome to just kind of hang out and geek out on some really cool bass gear. So anyways, guys, that was the Weekly 3. Uh, episode something, six, five, I don't know what it is, but um, anyways, have fun, we'll see you next week. bass player live for the first time never gone and it was just incredible the amount of just talented bass players um, just the most awesome fans and um, the manufacturers and the representatives I mean it was really a family felt and a very commute community type of atmosphere and um, everybody was just so nice and super cool uh, great meeting everybody and awesome to see them before Nam so that's kind of cool um, the bass hang was there, just kind of hanging out, and uh, we had a great time. I saw some really great things I want to talk about. Um, again, Bass Player Live, if you get a chance, please go next year. Um, I will definitely be there. One of the things that stood out for me, first and foremost, Brian Bromberg is one of the most incredible bassists and very talented. He has this, um, and it kind of blew me away. It's Brian Bromberg's bass on the broadband. So it's a broadband radio station. That is basically all electric and acoustic bass. So if you go to BassOnTheBroadband.com, right there, that's Brian Bromberg's um, broadband station. And it's basically featuring bass players. Patatucci, Victor Bailey, I mean anybody that is uh, a bass player, acoustic or electric, um, and is devoted to the art of that, he will be playing. So check that out. Um, the other items I want to talk about, I want to talk about... Um, overseas made 
basses, and guitars. They're inexpensive, but the quality is always going up and up. Um, they are just amazing. I have been and always will be a big fan of the Squire. That's my my number one. <laughs> I've used them straight out of right out of uh, the box on gigs, on tours, whatever, and they just work. Um, I, a friend of mine is a rep for Brubaker. These bases right here, these are overseas made. I'm not sure exactly where they're from. The Squire's made from Indonesia or made in Indonesia. I'm not really sure where this is from, but this is the um, the Brute series by Brubaker. And he makes actually um, really great boutique American-made bases, custom uh, bases, but these are kind of overseas and they're less expensive. Not sure of the price, but this is a single cut and this is ash um, and it's pretty rad. As you can see here, it is a bolt-on, but it it's it's a brute, man. I mean, it really is perfectly named the Brute Series. It's uh, an awesome base, probably sub $1,000, somewhere around there. Don't quote me, but it's probably in that ballpark. And for a base this good, it's that's a good price. Here's another example. So these are not my bases. I just, uh, I'm helping a buddy, a, uh, a friend of mine out that represents these bases. Um, I picked them up from Bass Player Live because he had to leave and I have a chance to just kind of check them out for a little bit. And um, they are really awesome. All right, so staying on point with the overseas made stuff that's a little less expensive. I just finished up producing uh, three videos featuring G&L guitars. I know, guitars. But that right there is the uh, S500. And again, the, the quality is just ridiculously great for the price. Um, I'll put a post up. My friend Griff Hamlin, uh, I featured him playing because I'm not a guitar player. Although, learn how to play guitar, at least a few chords. Great for songwriting. Uh, this one is actually, I, um, this is my guitar, but we did feature an S500. It's just a Strat style guitar, Indonesian made. GNL called the Tribute Series. So I'll put a link there. But uh, yeah, so that's the uh, the weekly three. So basically, um, Bass Player Live, boom, uh, BassOnTheBroadband.com, and then overseas, Indonesian, overseas, wherever, made inexpensively made basses and guitars, such as this, Brubaker, Brute Series, and The Squire. So, all right, guys, we'll see you next week. Thanks again for tuning in, and see ya. Bye. messing around um, on this bass that makes me want to slap. Um, it's the Marco bass, so I really, really enjoy the bass. Um, anyways, um, had a great, uh, another awesome uh, week for bass. I was able to uh, attend a Mark bass, a DV Mark and a Mark bass, um, should I say, unveiling uh, or a, a birthing of a new product called the, hold on, 
the base multi-amp. You can see it without the glare. Pretty amazing little amp. Um, I've been a fan of Mark Bass for years. It's almost um, one of those things that when something is so reliable, you kind of forget about it because it just works and it's super reliable. Well, this little head, the Little Mark II of mine, has been um, one of the most reliable amps that I've ever had. I, I think I bought it in 06 and it's literally been used and abused. Um, little tours here and there, fly dates, um, and it's been on featured on a lot of the videos here at the base hang um, that I've done. So uh, it is a super reliable amp and um, I actually use it most of the time flat. So I don't use any of the EQ on it and I don't use any of the filters. The only time that I've actually had have to use it is if a room is really either booming or I don't feel like I'm pushing enough and literally I just give it a little boost of either bass or mid and I'm golden. And the, the filters, I've never really had to use. I just don't, I haven't, I haven't had the use for them, but they are nice to have. Um, I've used it for recording also. It's very, very great for recording. Um, it is set up post EQ. This particular little mark is one of the, um, the older ones. So to make it pre EQ, you have to go in as a little jumper, but I've never reset it because I, um, I always play flat and in the studio it's kind of nice to be post because I can kind of tweak with the uh, EQ settings. Um, again, Mark Bass, Little Mark, just amazing. The new multi-amp, um, multi bass multi-amp is pretty amazing. I'll put a link. Michael Mannering and Dave Murata get to play through it and I was there and I videotaped it and it was uh, pretty, pretty awesome. Um, I guess the last thing for this weekly three is I want to talk DR strings. Um, I got an order of some DR strings. I'm very, very happy. Uh, I was used, I tried the dragon skins and to tell you the truth, not my favorite string. Um, they just seemed a little too dead for me. So I am a diehard and just a fan, a super fan of the low riders, the high beams and the Marcus Miller. Um, that's the fat beams I think is what I use here. And I actually got, uh, strings for my guitars. So I got the, uh, DRs for my guitar, my electric guitar and my acoustic. So uh, that's it for this weekly three wrap up um, and I hope I didn't butcher the chicken too much. So we'll see you next week. Thanks again for tuning in. Bye.